Hello everybody and you're welcome to another exciting episode of the Coffee and Beans podcast. My name is Adeshola Balogun and I want to say a big thank you to our listeners for the feedback on uh, for pre- on previous episodes. It's been awesome. Um, thank you, thank you. We would keep giving you um, inspiring content. I promise to continually bring exciting guests that will that will tell their stories and um, also inspire and, and encourage as many of us out there. On today's episode, I have a very good friend of mine. Um, I've known I've known this gentleman for close to two 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 decades or thereabout. Um, his name is Otejuri Ejumaboni, but I call him Tej. Um, Tej, Tej is a is a creative mind. He's um, he's a man of many parts. He wears many hats, but right, but currently he's the founder and creative director of Hanka and Rich Leather Goods. Now he says it's just goods that he's he's expanding his um, his portfolio. So um, today I want to do a deep dive into his journey from. I mean, his early beginnings up until um, present day. He's someone whose um, whose 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 perspective on life issues is great. He's um, his his positive mental attitude inspires me a lot, and I want to go straight in um, um, and 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 hear him speak and just talk about um, um, what what has brought him from from where he's coming from to where he's now. So. Welcome, bro. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Shola. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're very, very welcome. Um, um, like, 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 like I said, we've, we've, we've known each other from from the early beginnings up until this present yeah, time. I think it's about 20, 22, 20, 20 years. 20 yeah, years 20, yeah, 20, yeah, 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 yeah. 20 years. I remember the first time I met, I met uh, Ted, was at the Student Affairs building. We're trying to do our documentation for... I'm re- registering as freshers, and I just saw this guy just everywhere, everywhere, and, and I'm like, guy, are you sure you're a fresher? Like, I think the first thing you you heard me, you said you heard me say was, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm, I'm dead, dead, I'm dead. Like, I'm dead. Like, I'm like, oh God, what happened? Like, calm down, you you know. But I I realized that you know that's man. See, if I don't get this thing done now, it means I'm not going like. That that has always been like one thing that I've always admired about you. How did you, how did you, before I even dive into work and all of that, how did have you always had that can do that? I'm I I must get what I want spirit. Like how did that come about? Um, how did that come about? I to be honest, um, I don't. You know, the way we turn out as human beings usually is. Um, we attribute it, you know, to the to the environment in which we grew up. Um, um, I'll be candid with you. I can't exactly tell you this is how, but I, I know as a child, I'm a last child. Um, I didn't have so much of restrictions um, doing stuff. I even remember um, um, shortly before we got into university, you know, I started braiding my hair. And yes, <laughs> I see. I, yeah. I about. Yeah, I started braiding my hair, and you know, that was back when you know. Um, um, hippie or alternative hairstyles were really, mm-hmm. you know, frowned upon by our parents. But you know, I mean, they they allowed me. Maybe partly because of, of the fact that they were, uh, like I said, being a last a last child, and you know, um, my parents spreading us over um, a period of ten years, where you know, my oldest brother is about ten years older than I am, and I reckon they had seen and done that already. <laughs> like, well, I, don't like, have, I don't have energy for this one. And then I was always the sort of guy who. Um, um, I always want to experience things firsthand, you know. Um, and um, I remember growing up, the type of house I was in um, when we were a lot younger, we had maids and we had um, gardeners and all of that. But then, you know, as we began to grow older, especially um, getting towards like, um, say, our early um, teens, teens, you yeah. know. Um, we said our, our parents started giving us a lot of responsibility, you know, doing gardening in the house. You know, I, I remember my dad buying lawn mowers, and you know, and my parents were, you know, my dad liked gardening a lot, you know, and you know, buying all the tools, the shears, the wheelbarrows, and would have to be the ones to, to do to all the trimming, all of the, the hedges, and hedges, all of those yeah. things. And you know, 
also into, you know, domestic chores in the house where, you know, would be the ones who have to, you know, I share the room with my um, immediate older brother, you know, for the period we grew up and um, the sort of house away and we had our own... Um, we had our own toilet and bath and we had to be responsible for right. you know doing all of that clean and you know um it was like a mandatory thing for us um every saturday to clean the whole house because yeah. you know there were tiles in the house mm-hmm. and we have to mop and all of that and you know there's a time when in uh 90 i think it was in 1990 uh, then my dad had retired you know retired as a colonel from the um nigerian army and we moved to um this really large house you know, it was it like a ten bedder? Wow! I'm telling you, and that was a point in my life where I dreaded, you know, the weekends because that was when we had to clean the <laughs> whole house. Clean, and my pops, you clean expensive. Yeah, my pops, my pops then was, you know, he once he would speak look at everything, speak and span kind of guy. You know, it was so frustrating that he would even buy um, this. Um, sort of like a uh, uh, after-polish thing where we had to polish the tiles after mopping them. Wow. And that had to stop because we realized that after polishing the tiles, they were so um, slippery and people would come people to the house and, and fall. fall. Yeah, so he was like, okay, maybe you should <laughs> maybe polish, polish that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that also transcended into, into um, me at some point also telling my mom that, uh, you know, maybe you should leave the cooking for me in the house. Let me... Oh. So I always wanted to learn things and get to know a lot of things firsthand. Firsthand, yeah. You know, um, um, and so that's what has you know pushed me. I think one other thing that's helped me creatively is the fact that um, I learn very fast visually. Yeah. And you know, um, anything that has to do with visual um, creativity, I only have to you know observe for a short while, and you know, and then if I try to do it, yeah. I'm almost gonna do it like I've had, you know. Had you some always, had you, had you always known that you were a creative person? Oh well, yes, because I remember when I was um, before I got into university, I had a book where you know I started um, writing a lot of um, um, ideas for television adverts, wow. and I had told my dad then that I wanted to intern in an advertising agency. Um, my dad always, you know, um, then my dad always looked at me who, as this child who, ah, why well, I like to you, you know, yeah, you know always rebel. asking for, yeah, yeah. And, you know, at some point I said I wanted a job. Um, I got a job in, um, he got me a job in Vitamalt, you know, because we were based in Agbara at the time and, you know, you had the Vitamalt factory then. You know, for those of you who know what Vitamalt is, because <laughs> they don't make that anymore. <laughs> so I worked there, um, but I had to leave because... You know, where I was working, it was the working conditions weren't too um, convenient. And what, you know, what, what were you supposed to work at as? Oh, yeah. So um, they, they got space for me as, as, um, as it's more like, a, I, I forget the word now, but it's, it was manual work where, okay. you like know. Like you pack the, pack yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah, into the boxes. Yeah, pack stuff. the stuff into the boxes and do all of that stuff. But, you know, it wasn't so convenient because... I realized, um, I don't know, for some foreign reasons, the gowns or the... Um, overalls. Overalls they gave us to wear. I had um, some sort of funny skin reaction to that. And, you know, I had to I had to leave that. And then I went on to um, work on my dad's um, friend's um, farm. It was a big farm. And I learned a couple of things there. I wish, you know, now that I worked there longer because, you know... Um, I wish now that I worked there longer because... Um, I think farming is something that's very important. If I had a, it was some experience from that, it's yeah, something I would, would like have, to go into now. Into, yeah, yeah. Because we all have to eat now. Yeah, true. You know, true. even if you're not farming commercially, you farm for yourself, you mm-hmm. feed your family and all of that. Um, yeah, so that was it. But, you know, unfortunately, I never got to um, work in any Walking sort of advertising. Sort of like, yeah. And I think also part of what um, made me think of doing that was uh, my older sister um, at some point took a course with the Advertising Practitioner Council of Nigeria. Oh, that was okay. before she got into university. Wow. At that time, I think they, they still used to take undergraduates, but I think now they have a mandate where, you know, they, they, they take only, the only graduates. And, you know, I've I've read a couple of her books, you know, her textbooks from that. And yeah. I, because um, also growing up, I mean, my parents encouraged us to read and I picked that up as a habit. And um, that transition into, I think, is also what has helped me in terms of being able to write, in terms of being able to think, in terms yeah. of being able to speak well. 
um, I had like um, the two the two year period where jam jam does me. yes. Yeah, jam dealt with me. I I I sort of like churned through a couple of my dad's books because the if I remember correctly, um, the house was on three was on like a, a it was on three levels. So the way it is, you get into the house. Um, um, and then the couple of stairs, you, you, you see the living room, the couple of stairs to the dining room right. area, and then you go up the flight of stairs, you hit my dad's room first. Wow. And then you go up the flight, another flight of stairs, you hit my mom, my mom and my sister's room. They were on the same level. Same level, okay. Uh, and then, so there was like a corridor connecting my mom's and my, my mom and my oh, sister's, sister's room. And oh. then there was like this really large cupboard section and half of that. All of my dad, well, dad's bo- books, books were in that. So I, j- I just used to go there you, and you, you, you know, you pick de- up books. For, uh, th- uh, you know, one of the books I really enjoyed reading was um, Tilops and Grandpa, um, Third Eye. Oh, you know, okay. This um, very popular monk. <laughs> you know, I read so many books and, and, and that really helped me, you know. Um, but I, I think I, I did that because when I was in secondary school, I remember being teased um, by a couple of my friends who were guys because I was constantly exchanging novels with, you with, know, with the girls, with the girls, you know, who... Who read you know novels like Sweet Valley High and all okay. of that? I, I really didn't do Mills and Bones, you know, but I, I read a couple of other novels and all of that. I think those things were a bit too erot- erotic, erotic for me. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder how the, the ladies got around <laughs> reading that at such a young age. But yeah, I reckon that's a story for another day. <laughs> well, so I, I think all of these things have all of these experiences come together to mm-hmm. you know mold you into the person you are and. Um, um, that's why you know I've gone in in the uh, in the direction of visual creativity. Right. And, yeah. I mean, before before you 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 became the crazy director of Hank and Rich, I know that you 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 did you did a bit of photography. Oh yeah, no, uh, a quite, lot, quite a lot, quite a lot of photography. Yeah. I mean, like quite you a lot. you it was a you, thing. you delved into it. Yeah. Um, how did that how did that come about? Because I, I I remember when we had the discussion and you said, oh, you wanted to go into photography. I'm like, ah, uh-uh, you just you just so how did that? Let me let me allow you give give the story. How how did how did the decision to go into photography come about? Is, is it something you had? Were you, were you fascinated by the camera, or how did that how did that how did that happen? I, I think so. You know, camera. The, and then you know, like when we were in school, um, you as a young man, you begin begin to get your sense of self, your sense of mm-hmm. develop, your sense of style, mm-hmm. and that was the time when I started reading um, GQ magazines. Yeah. You see all of those sort of pictures. Um, and you know, also it's a little bit of the interest in um, f- um, I'm seeing myself um, documenting um, our culture as Nigeria, and you know, just basically documenting stuff. Yeah. You know, um, I'm also um, someone who loves to watch movies a lot, so I think that has helped. You know, because you know, when you watch movies a lot, you you see some scenes, you know, you appreciate the, the sort of work the directors of photographies of those movies do when you see some Couldn't sort see of scenes mm-hmm. and, you know, the way the shots are taken. So I think all of those things, you know, um, inspired me to go um, into into photography and, you know, um, also the fact that um, <laughs> from experience, you know, me working in nine to five jobs <laughs> didn't really work well with me. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a restless, restless soul or soul. something, you know, and it just didn't work well with me because, you know, not not that I didn't get the job done, but I just didn't want to stay in one place. I just didn't want to be restricted to a certain time to work. Um, I didn't want to restrict my time and say, oh, I'm doing this particular thing for six months repetitively and mm. all of that you know so i think that's what's part of what you know pushed me in that direction so how how actively were you involved were you were you a photographer were you in, in photography for how actively involved what determined the space in photography which was i think you were doing more of weddings and portraits yes so so to be to be honest why i went into photography is like i said you know you want to capture moments you know, um, moment. you want to be able to um it was it was documenting our history and culture really but then um you have to start somewhere to gain experience True. and the fastest and easiest um 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 style of photography to go into at that time was weddings um because you know that was when you had a couple of our, our, our most of our mates most of our started mates getting get married, married at that yes. time and it was easy for them to say, okay, I know you, you're good at what you do. Well, why don't you come and take my pictures? And it was also a time when, I mean, I needed to make the money to, yeah. you know, begin to 
begin my journey as a young man. Uh, yeah. and, you know, so I, I went in that direction and I was lucky enough to meet um, people who helped me. I remember one of the guys who I met, he's um, relocated in the States now, um, Shea Charles George. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we've become, you know, really, really good friends, almost like a brother to me. And that's somebody who taught me a lot. Um, an older photographer yeah. who, you know, sort of like... Um, took me under his wings as, at first and then we became more like you know friends, friends and brothers yeah. and I learned, I learned quite a lot from him you know not only in photography how to um the sort of how, how to um how to position yourself mentally as a man the sort of things how you begin to look after yourself and you know do certain things and you know that's something I'm even interested in now I'm sure we'll get to that at some yeah, point yeah. where you know I'm quite interested in um mentoring young um men in nigeria yeah. and I, by young men i mean you know guys from the age of say 18 into you know yeah. the early 20s, I, and, yeah, yeah, mid 20s because i feel that you know um if i had you know um people to mentor me and sort of um, put you in the path yes, pathway yes you know you you you'd um, you'd see the reality of life a lot faster and then you make a lot of um, decisions faster. You won't be slow about some decisions. You'd, um, 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 you'd um, look after yourself more. Do you think you'd be doing anything differently? Um, I don't think so, but I, I think I'd have done it faster. faster. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, <laughs> you know, because as human beings, our time here is limited, so yeah. you want to get as much, get as as much done as, 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 as possible. possible. But, yeah. you know, I, I also understand that, you know, it's... It's not um, how quick, it's how well. How well, you know, okay. So that's... that's um, so um, photography was about eight years? Photogra actively. Photography, um, actively for me, um, I started photography in 2010. Um, I, I bought my first camera in 2010. Um, then I, I still worked at a real estate company. Real estate company. I, I worked there for about six months. Yes, I know. And I tell you, I, I, I wouldn't have worked there. My uncle made me <laughs> work there. And I, I'll give you the gist... Um, my uncle was going to buy my first camera for me. He's, I say my uncle, but I mean, he's almost like my father because he was, he was um, classmates with university or secondary school classmates with my dad. With dad, okay. And I had that conversation with him. I was like, oh, don't worry, you know, I'll give you a camera. But, you know, the sort of person I am, I, I still kept, you know, going out for interviews to get jobs. And I got this job um, the week where he said, okay, come and meet me on a Sunday and I'll write you a check for for your camera for your camera and then and, and I learned a very good lesson there you know never give information that is not necessary mm. to give and so my uncle was writing the check for me and I said ah uncle I just got, I got, I just got a job and he paused midway in, in writing, writing the check, the check. wow and he tore the, the, the leaflets and he tore the check in my front wow and he said oh there's no need for me to give you this check you just got a job if I give you this check and you have a camera you're not going to focus, you're not gonna on, your focus on your job and, you know, because I didn't keep my mouth shut, I spent six months working to raise the money to buy the camera that my uncle wanted to give me give me wow. the money for six, month, six months prior. Six months but, prior. But, you know, it's a good thing because what that did for me is it put me a little bit into the working environment. And that's something I, I wish I... The nine-to-five environment, mm -hmm. I, that's something I wish I had more experience with. Yes. I, I wish I'd had maybe about two years of that mm -hmm. before I branched out into doing my own thing because it teaches you a lot of things. And then it, it also... Um, um, it will also expose you to a clientele base because when you work in a company, um, you're going to meet the clients of the company, the company and then you yes. build relationships yes. with them. And yes, you know, one of the most important things we have as human beings is the relationships we have, the connections we have, you know. Um, but um, that being said, you know, I've charted my own journey and I've, I've met a lot of fantastic people, you know, along the way. And, you know, I'm grateful for that, you know, so that's... I mean, something something important that you said about um, entrepreneurs working nine to five. I'm I'm a strong believer of the fact that it's important to leverage on relationships. There are some relationships that w will take longer to build. Some relationships are faster to build when you work in already established firms. Now, the challenge is a lot of people get when they get into that system, they get sucked into the vortex, like. I remember there was a time you and I had a conversation. We both knew that we we're going to go into the creative space. You had designed before me, and you're like, I mean, every other, as a as as point, as yes. as a point, I used to run away from you because yeah. every time Ted, some Ted, you say, Shola, how far? When are you? When are you designing? Yeah, when take I, that leap. Take take that leap. Take yeah. that leap now, man. But I would, I'll, I'll tell him that. Oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. But I, I realized that I really shouldn't have spent that long. I realized that I, 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 I got sucked into yeah. the everyday 
working. I mean, I'd, I'd felt, oh, I, I, need to, I, need to, I need to learn more. But in truth, it was a fear that was keeping me. So very important for that entre entrepreneur out there who is who is working and doing something on, on, on the side. Do not lose sight. Do not lose focus. Do not lose sight of the fact that you are supposed to be doing what you're supposed to do. Learn the lessons you want to learn and then take that leap. Thank you, Church, for that. Um, so um, so where, did, where did leather come in? And why, oh, uh, why, why, why uh, leather? Okay, um, how, how did that start? Um, so the way I I I I, I learn things, I um, so to a very large extent of my photography journey, um, a lot of what I learned was self-taught. I mean, um, albeit one or two things I learned from, mm -hmm. you know, the older photographers I met. Um, I'm someone who. Um, 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 things are easy for to learn by myself because I have, um, I don't find it difficult to read when I'm trying to learn something or, you know, um, I watch a lot of videos on YouTube. Mm, That's yeah. one really powerful resource, I think. Yeah, shout out to YouTube. Uh, yeah, a lot of young people uh, take for granted today, you know, because it's so funny that um, whatever it is you want to do, once you put it on there, it's, it brings 10 solutions, Yeah, you know, and then if you try everything, mm. you already have some experience with how to you yeah. know, um, solve that problem. Um, so I did a lot of um, watching of videos, um, extensive reading about cameras, about way before I bought my first camera, about how to use the camera, about photography in general. You know, I still have my photography books until now. Um, and um, I, do I, I think I bought a photography book recently still, you know. Um, you're still, you're still, you're still very much. Oh, I recently bought a camera. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, I recently bought a camera um, last month. Okay, but what in what in what role would you be playing in the in the photography space? Is now? this yes? Uh, well, I mean, photography is quite wide. Um, I, I one of the reasons why I left photography is I was more in the uh, wedding photography space, yeah. and it was fast paced. And becoming saturated, becoming saturated, and I didn't, I wasn't getting any sort of satisfaction from that anymore, mm. you know. Um, but I, I extremely love photography. Um, um, during the course of you know the couple of years where you know I, um, I was majorly into photography, I had a couple of pictures I took. Um, um, these are pictures you can refer to as documentary style photo photos, so, mm. you know, and I only recently framed those photos to to hang on the wall in my house, you know, all black and white style yeah. pictures and all of that. And fantastic pictures, you know, that I took way back in 2012, 2013. You know, so that's what I want to do now. Documentary style, documentary street style, style photography, stuff. yeah. So I take, um, um, I'm still in contact with the photography community. Right. You know, I still have um, friends who still practice. And, you know, I'm like, okay, when you guys are going for any sort of street walk or photo walk, Bring me on there. And the beauty of it is um, that style of photography, you can take time out. You can take a year out and say, oh, okay, I want to take photos every weekend or, you know, once every month to build a collection of photos. Yeah. And then at the end of that year or 18 months or two years, you have an exhibition. You put your photos out there and then people who are interested in what you have to offer can come buy your pieces. Okay, um, there's, there's something you said about um, satisfaction, and I want to just um, um, dig, 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 dig a little deeper into it. Mm. Where is the place of working to make a living mm. and satisfaction? How does that for that for that young person who really doesn't really is already getting bored with with that with that job or that that thing that um, they are doing? Yes. They're not satisfied, but they need but the bills have to be paid. Mm. Where do where do you draw the line? Do you do you stick it out, or like you look for, look for look for something, we like quote unquote more interesting to do or catches catches your eye and 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 dive straight into it. Um, that's a good question, Shola. I think you know, um, whatever decision we make with life, you know, in life, especially regards to um, finances or a, a way to make. Uh, mm -hmm living it's important that we are very logical and realistic about that decision and also my journey from photography into um, um making leather Make goods leather. um wasn't an, an abrupt one you know um it spanned a couple of years and so what i did was um i started out um crafting leather items as a hobby 
I bought all my tools and you know started doing that as a hobby. Why still playing actively in the playing actively in, because in, that funded yes, me buying all of buying my tools, yeah. buying leather, setting up my small workshop in the house and all of that, you know. So um it's important that you have some sort of plan, even if you have a job or you're working to a nine to five and then you wanna um you want to um, transition, transition into, into some yes, another. it's important that you have a plan. It's important that you've probably um, made some sort of um, financial plan in terms of, you know, saving or you're starting the business um, while you're still working and doing your thing. I think that was easy for me because the photography was my business. Bobby's, I had my own time. Yes. So it's a, it's a bit of a different scenario from when you're on another person uh, an, uh, an organization's time and you have to be there from nine to nine five, to five yes. because as a photographer um especially a wedding photographer you realize that most of the time you're actively out of the house only on weekends, on weekends. and then you know you're editing during the week um answering calls talking to clientele and you have you find that you have a lot of free time especially if you've now found a way to um um, if you've now put a process in place mm-hmm. with regards to how you sort your um, editing and delivery, and at that time, you know, um, I already had a group of people, younger people, who I could say, okay, you are the person. I've taken all the photos this weekend. Um, I have uh, two assistants, photo, two assistant photographers with me at the wedding. We take all the pictures. We have somebody who is already going to sort, sort sort through the sort photos. Through, yeah. We have somebody who is going to edit the photos. We have somebody who is going to arrange the photo book. You know, we have somebody, all of that. I already had that time so I could begin to mm-hmm. look into doing something else. Something so I think that's one of the factors that helped me. But it still it still took, you know, um, a little bit of time. To um, plan. Yes. And I think, I, I don't really think I've fully left photography because being that it's something I, I worked at for, um, I've, I've, I've done for, say, about um, 12 years now. Yeah, 12 years. Um, when you have experience, you don't, you know, you can deliver um, with very short notice. Yep. So um, if someone called me up today and, and said, "Oh, I have a wedding this weekend," or "I have a wedding in a month's time, and I want you to shoot," I already have, you know, the guys the I'll guys. call and say, "Okay, uh, these are guys who, when they started photography, worked with us. They now have their own. Um, they're now running their businesses. But I can always reach out to them and say, "Are you free today?" Um, are you free on social date? Okay, I want you to shoot for me. Um, this is what I'm offering. This is how we're going to do this. And then we get it set and, you know, we can also deliver because, like I said, there's already a process in place, you know. Um, yeah, because my next question was going to be, do you still take a wedding job? If, 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 if it comes to your desk, do you, do you, do you accept? Um, yes, I do. But it depends, you know. Um, most of the time, I, I, I take wedding jobs for people I'm really close, close to. Close to, I know. Mm. I so know, the last I wedding I, I did was my older brother's one, oh, older okay. brother's wedding. And it also um, coincided with uh, a mutual friend. Um, um, I forget his name now, but we, we nicknamed him Agali. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Ayodeji. Agal- yes, yes, yes. Agali's so Agali's those wedding. wedding. Those weddings happened pretty much the same, same weekend. Same weekend, yes. And we shot both weddings, you know. So, so... I think it's the experience, experience that allows yes. for you to mm-hmm. be able to handle that, you know. I remember back when I started shooting weddings and I had just one camera and it was just me shooting the whole wedding, you know. So you go through that sort of thing. It gives you experience. You're able to handle the pressure and then, you know, wow. it, it's life, you know. But you, you need to always learn to throw yourself in the deep end because I think by nature we're made to, um, we're made to be able to... Um, we stand adversity, you know, as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's no life trying to shy away from difficulty. Yeah. You know, um, I think also um, difficult situations, difficulty in life is the ma- major ingredient that helps us to deliver, uh, to, to develop ourselves, Our, ourselves yeah, mentally. And, and grow um, stronger. Um, yeah, and spiritually. And, you know, because if you've never been in a difficult situation in life, then you don't understand mm-hmm. empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't understand that you need to be there for other people, and, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, so how's the how's the how's how's your foray into the leather making been? I mean, I I, I see that, um, I see that you have you have you have really carved a niche for yourself, and um, it's just so amazing. It just feels like any any um, any uh, what's it what's it what's it called a category or anything you do. 
and you go into that space, it's like you create, you carve a niche. You want to be like Richard, Richard, Richard Branson. You do one thing, you be good at it, leave it, go on to the next one. And then, you know, so, but has, 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 has the leather, leather making space been for you? Was, is it, is it, is it everything you thought it would be when going in? Um, what would you say are your major challenges? Um, what, what, what would you say, what would you say the prospects are? Um, um, yeah, let's start. Let's let's start with that before we delve uh, further into that into the um, questions. Well, for me, it's been. I mean, to be honest, it's been interesting. Um, the beauty about starting a, jo- a journey is you never know the direction in in, in which it will take you. Um, I um, it started out like I said as a hobby, mm-hmm. and you know, at some point, I said, okay, I think I can do this full time. Um, um, I went into um, making leather items because you know. Um, I'm someone who likes um, nice leather leather items. Um, I'm sure you can see from the shoes I'm even wearing <laughs> right now, you know. Um, and um, so it started as a, as a hobby. And I think um, sometime in 2015, I, I ordered um, uh, bags from a personal shopper in the U.S. Um, and the bags, you know, arrived and, you know, I looked at the bags and all of that. And I'd already picked up a, an interest in making leather. Making leather, man. I'd already started watching the videos. I already had my tools. And the bag arrived and, you know, I looked at the bag and I'm like, I'm sure I can make something, you know, as good as this is not better. Wow. You know, and that's how, that's where it started for me, really, to be honest. Had you, had you started making stuff before then? Yeah, some some things, you know. But I, I think for me, it's always been the fact that you look at the best people in the industry and ask yourself and task you ask yourself and also task, task yourself, yourself to be able to do you know as well if not better than what they're doing mm. and you, you realize that when you're looking at any sort of entity from a distance there's always some sort of mystery but then when you throw yourself in there you demystify it yeah, and yeah. you realize that it's something that you can conquer, you can conquer. If you, if you um, set your mind to it, set your mind to it, and you're diligent and you're serious about what you're doing and you're disciplined, you know. Um, so, so that's how it started. Um, um, it started that way, and I remember um, there was a time when I made a backpack for myself. I'd already started making items, but I was still in photography, and I went to a client's house to shoot pictures for you know the wife's um i think it was a 50th or 40th birthday I, I i i don't remember the age now and i had this tan backpack i made all handmade and you know the the husband saw it and he was like oh i saw this bag in a shop in london um was that was that the bag that you you used as a template to redo what the one the one you bought from the personal shopper no, no, no. I, I, I told him. I said I don't know what. No, no, no. I, I didn't use. I didn't use make any of you know. I oh, okay. No, no. I started coming up in my own designs. Your own designs, yeah. okay. Because that's the beauty of, you know, being an original. You have to come up with your own designs, mm-hmm. and you know. And I told him, and I said, oh, I made the bag, and he was like, oh, you're a bloody liar. And I'm like, sir, he was, he was a general in the army. I was like, sir, no, I'm not lying. I made this bag, and he was like, okay, okay, um, would see. If you're saying the truth, he says, I want you to make a bag for my wife. I said, what type of bag? Well, he says, he wants me to make a briefcase. I said, okay. And then he says, how much? I gave him pricing and, you know, it was new to me. And, you know, I, I went into that um, transaction with him to challenge myself because I never made a briefcase made at, briefcase the time. at the time. Yeah. And he said, uh, so when he asked me, I said, okay, I'll make this briefcase for you for 40,000 naira. And he said, okay, no problem. Um, this, was, me, this was from 2015. Yeah, no, I mean, 20, so, so yeah, between 2015 and 2016, and you know, I said I'd do it for that price. And so it gives me an advance of about 50%. I go, I buy the leather, you know, so that was a learning curve for me. I made the briefcase, I did what I delivered. The guy was surprised, you know, he was. So I, I did that, and um, shortly after that, um, I think it was in 20 late 2016, early 2017, there about. Shortly after that, we had our first leather fair. And um, I sold my first briefcase for about 150,000 naira. Um, along with other bags. You see, you know the backpack I, I told you about? Mm-hmm. I was That he, he said he saw in... Yeah. I had used that backpack for, I don't know, six to seven or eight months or something. And there was this old man. 
at the fair who was like, I want to buy this bag that you've used. I said, sir, is a used bag? He said, no, I want to buy this but, bag that I yeah. used. And, all that. and then selling the bag for, to him for 50,000 naira. You know, that was in 2017. And, you know, so after the fair, I get a call from this general and he says, oh, he wants me to come and see him to make some more bags for him. But, you know, I couldn't tell the guy that if I'm making a briefcase for you now, is hundred and fifty thousand naira because it's like a, because a couple of a months co- ago, a couple of months ago it was fifty k. So I just dodged the guy <laughs> until he stopped calling me. <laughs> no, but what 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 do you think? What do you think his reaction would have been if you had told him there was an there was an, there was an increase? Um, I mean, like I don't know, you know. I I I I, I maybe I should have. I should have you know gone I, to him. I think I think I think that in itself is also a challenge with with a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, pricing, pricing, oh, pricing, yeah. pricing yeah, is an a, is an issue it's, because it's a, it's a steep. Uh, how did they call? How did they say that? It's a slippery, steep cor- slope, slippery, slippery slope, slope to navigate. Yes, yeah, because especially with people who have known you when when you started, when you started, yeah, and you, they see that there's been a growth mm-hmm. mentally. There's yeah. been a growth, and then you tell them that this the, the, the old price doesn't work anymore, and they start mm-hmm. giving you tales of. Oh, we we supported you when you, when you first started, yeah, and all of that. I, I think I think this is the way it works. Um, business is always going to be business, mm. right? Um, I also understand there's a human element, um, and so one of the ways I've um, one of, one of the ways I, I work now, especially when I'm making items for family and friends, I have like a standard discount, family and friends discount, yeah, which discount, you yes. know I put it in there. It's uh, I think. Uh, Family and friends is somewhere between ten and twenty, mostly twenty percent discount for family and friends. You know, um, I've had so I've had conversations with my family members, and you know, um, so it's a case of you're either buying the item for from me, or when I'm good and ready to make you a gift, <laughs> you wait, <laughs> you wait, you wait until I can because and and the reason is because. Um, you get to a certain level where you know your time. You need to begin to value your time. Yeah, it's the most valuable commodity you have. Um, and then, as you grow, you begin to employ staff who come rain or shine. Yep. You have to give them their payment. Mm-hmm. You have to pay their salaries. And so, anybody who takes you seriously or values your business should be willing to pay because yeah. you are creating value. Value. Mm-hmm. And in exchange for that value, something has to be given, you know, in return. Um, uh, and so um, it's only natural for us as human beings to be emotional and say, ah, but I'm your friend now, but... I was there when you first started. Now, I'm by your first... No, it really so. doesn't matter if you were there. That's fine. But, you know, you haven't taken that journey with me. With me. Mm-hmm. And you don't have as much knowledge I, as I do. Of this you craft. Know, you were there when I started, but you can't do what I'm doing. Straight up. <laughs> you know, so that's... Those are some of the things. And the beauty of it is, you know, no matter how creative you are, I think as a person, whatever creative space I go into, apart from drawing or painting, because I'm totally crap when I try to draw or paint, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm better at sketching bags now because okay. I've had a little bit of training. Training, yeah. You were drawing, painting, I think I'm crap. But I mean, I, I think if I was to go into, you know... Um, tailoring. Tailoring like you, I think I'll do well. You know, guy, extend your space. No, I mean, I think I'll do well. I think I'll do well. So it's it's just you know, I think people always ask me that. Oh, how how come you're able to, you know, make such good items? Um, did you have any sort of um, formal training? Formal training? And I'm like, no, I I I learned this thing myself. I pushed myself. I did a lot of reading. You know, there's that eye for detailing. There's that and that um, attitude of oh, let me just do it. You know the way we do in Nigeria, akasarishi. Let's just quickly I mean, do it. Excuse my French. Or pak pak pak. Sharp sharp. Nah, that's the. You know the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that extra. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what makes a world of difference. Yeah. So with leather goods, it's your finishing. Yeah. And your attention to detail. You know, um, and that's why we love international products so much. Yes, I was, I was going to ask that uh, benchmarking against international products. What mm. what 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 have you seen is the reaction or the reception? Of your goods to, um, um, so for instance, there are two bags here. Um, I know I know that you you also you have you have your you have your goods priced in dollars. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So what's the what's the reaction to of people 
to Nigerian-made goods, which are equally as good mm. as the foreign counterparts, um, do you find there to be a disparity in terms of what, why, should, why should I pay, buy, pay this much? Oh, yes. Yeah. All the time. All the time. But, you know, um, you with time, especially when you believe you're truly creating value, you um, and also with it, it comes with exposure mm-hmm. and experience, you you develop a thick skin to um, those sort of remarks, remarks yeah. and you know individuals that have that sort of mindset, and right off the bat you understand that this is not the sort of clientele I want. Yeah, you know, um, and if you work with that mindset, you realize that the clientele that appreciate and are willing to mm. pay for you know the services you're offering just you know um, naturally um, gravitate towards you. Yeah, um, yeah, but I have that especially at fairs. Where you know, um, recently at the Lagos Leather recent edition, uh, I think that was in June or July, June, June, yeah, June 12th, 13th. Um, I had this briefcases that were priced about $500, and you know, so we did the conversion. I think at that time, um, the dollar was 600 and something, something. but we just put it 600, you know, and and those briefcases went for about 300,000, you know, so. And somebody came to me and said, ah, 300,000 naira, but that's almost $1,000. And I'm like, how do you mean? He says, about Central Bank. I said, please, sir, you get your dollars from Central Bank directly. I said, if you get your bank from Central Bank directly, just take the 300,000 naira. Give me the 300,000 naira like that now. And, you know, I was like, I don't, it was, and he was kept coming back. So you see that he saw the value. But he just he couldn't to, pay it with the price. No, no, it's not a paying with the price. It's the fact that it's made by a Nigerian, Nigerian. and I don't think you deserve that much. Hmm. And hmm. I don't work with people. I don't bat an eyelid for people like that. Hmm. You know, I don't bat an eyelid. It, it doesn't have any anything to do with animosity. It's knowing what, you know... I bring to the table. Yes, and sticking by it. Right. Um, I remember when I was talking to an older friend of mine... Um, 14, 1407 London. He he had a local brand, um, but he's also based in the UK, and you know he makes things in Nigeria and also in the UK. Um, I think he's seven. No, is it fourteen? Seventeen o two, seventeen o two London. I think. Yeah. Um. So he was talking to me, and he was like, "Oh, someone giving me a scenario, scenario he had with you know a client who." Said, ah, but you know, and this was years ago. He was like, Oh, you price your sneakers, your leather sneakers for about 60,000 naira. Um, ah, but that's too high now. It's not mushing you buy your leather. I know how much you sell leather in mushing. A fellow leather guy. No, 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 a client. A client, okay, all right. Oh, no, I know how much you buy leather in mushing. And I'm like, You know, I'm like, and he was like, Okay, well, he told the guy, I was like, Okay, go to mushing. <laughs> I, I know one guy in mushing, he sells really good leather. His name is Obiora. Go to his shop, tell him you're from me buy the leather, when you finish, come out two shops down, there's another guy who makes sneakers in motion there. His name is Suzu Person. Tell him you're for me. Give him your leather. He'll make the sneakers for you at Suzu price. And the guy was like, no, 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 but I like you. And he's like, then pay me what I'm asking for. You know, so that's the thing. It's not only just about the material. You know, if a piece of leather costs five naira, and then I um, put my skill into it, to turn it into a product that is um, uh, at the same level with what you get with the international brand, mm-hmm. then you should give me the value I'm asking for. I've, yeah. I've, I've put value in it. you know, And that's one thing that has actually changed my thinking because as somebody who makes items, 10,000 Naira raw materials, you can convert to 100,000 100, yeah. know, And so that you begin to even value money differently. But people have to, you know... Um, pay for expertise. Yeah. Yeah. And um I think one of the reasons we have that challenge is because we're not we're not really value oriented in, in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't um we don't want to give value. We don't understand value exchange. But it's changing. It's beginning to change because we're at an age where, you know, creative people are definitely the future of the country. Of the country yeah. You know, because we we're in an economy where we don't manufacture anything. And manufacturing itself is creating. Mm-hmm. You know, and for us to get from where we are now to a better place, then we have to begin to create. You know, so that's that's um, that's basically it with pricing, yeah, um, yeah. and sticking by your prices. And you'll understand that 
you know, you are creating value when you have international clientele. Yeah. Not even batting an eyes lid at your I'm prices. Paying, because you realize that, like, some of the briefcases I make from makers like myself, and I'm not talking about international brands that have, like Louis Vuitton and Co. that have been there for 100 plus years. I mean, like, regular craftsmen like myself who maybe started their businesses 10 years ago would make um, a briefcase similar to something I'm making and sell it for $3,000. Wow. Yes. And so if I tell you, oh, I want $1,000 for it. I mean, you're not asking for too much. No, you can either go and, and buy his yeah, own. Buy, yeah. You know, another thing I realize is when people buy things from you because they know you and you, they know you're Nigerian, they say, hey, but the, this place is like this. Yeah, they try to look out, look, look, look. To, to, to look for flaws. Yeah. But but from my experience as uh, someone who makes items, you realize that when you look at foreign items critically, handmade items, they have flaws They also too. have the same flaws. They have the same flaws. So I, I try to tell people, especially when I'm coaching younger people, I say, listen, there's nothing being done in Europe, in North America, wherever, in China, that is better than what we're doing, we're, we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is the mindset. When you change the mindset and begin to do things properly, mm-hmm. then you realize that you you you'd make products that are on the same level, if not even better than you know what you have coming from. Um, speaking of speaking of young people, I also know that you do a lot of training programs um, um, for young people. What do you, what would you say is your has been your greatest? Um, no, let me let me circle back. What would, what would you what would you notice? Has been the what would you feel you have noticed about young people and their reaction towards the skill that you are trying to impart into them? One, two. What 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 would you what would you what would you say is is um is the greatest takeaway as a as as a trainer now? Not just being an entrepreneur selling. You also you also imparting your skill into the um, younger generation. Um, that's a good question. Um, I like the fact that you touched on that answer because um, when I started out making, you know, um, you know, when I started out on the um, journey of making leather products, I I never thought I was going to train anybody. <laughs> it's always like that now. Like I know, right? I never thought that was going to happen. And you know, um, my mentor, Femi Handbags, um, Mrs. Shout Femi Olayebe. Yeah, Femi. yeah, she's a fantastic lady, fantastic woman. You know, I owe her a lot because she's giving me a lot of responsibility, which has actually helped me grow mentally. And, you know, um, she reached out to me at the time. That was in 2017 after the first... The first letter fair. Edition. And, and, and the letter fair is, is, is um, put put together. It's it's our brainchild. Yeah, it's it is her yeah. brainchild. You so, know. shout out to Femi Handbag. Yeah, you know, and she uh, she said, Oh, Atajiri, I have... There's a training coming up. Would you be interested in being the facilitator of the training? <laughs> what was your first reaction? I said, yes, right away. And you know why? Why? I got to a point in my life where I said, every opportunity that's going to come my way this period, I'm going to say yes to it. At that point, did you feel you were ready? Did, did you feel you had enough information well, to impart? N- n- no, I mean, like, there's never. it's almost like going to write an exam. You never really say you know. Because, I mean, you were two years in. Yeah. You were two years in, yeah. yeah. So, a lot, most People would have said, ah, what do I, I, I was I was two years in. But you see, the thing in that time is I had done extensive reading. I had a lot of downloaded videos. Right. I, you know, so it's, it's sort of like for every sort of hand tool they use, I have a video that explains how the hand tool is used, what it? the name of the hand tool is, you know, um, how the machine is used. And, and that's the way I approach things. When I want to learn something, I learn it intricately. You know, it's so bad that even the machines I have in my studio now, I know all of the parts, I know how to fine-tune the machine, I know, but that doesn't mean I do it, because mm. my time is more important, mm-hmm. but I have an idea. Of how it works. Of how it works, and we all should have that idea. If you're trying to build a business, you should have an idea of all aspects of, of it. Of all the processes. You know? And so I, I go out of my way to read um, the manuals for the machine. I mean, it's, I'm detailed. You know? Um, and so... You know, I I, I I wasn't sure I was ready. But then I went there. I, I remember the first class. I was trembling when I started talking. <laughs> but, you know, a couple of minutes into, say 10 minutes into, it was, you know, the That's students funny. were asking me questions about, oh, what is this tool used for? What is the name of that tool? And I, I knew all of those things. So I was, I was, it was easy for me to 
break it down to them. And I think also the fact that, you know, I already started practicing and, you know, and over the years, even when you're training and people tell you that, oh, I have this challenge with how I handle my clientele or I, I remember recently where I was talking to them about pricing and um, I gave them an instance where I ordered an item from the UK through one of the ship my shippers I use when I buy items and um, it was uh, a jersey I ordered um I'm a Liverpool fan. I ordered a Liverpool jersey, and you know, uh, so and it was it was on sale. So I was excited to get it for a fantastic deal. And then they ship to Lagos, and I want to pick mm -hmm. it up, and they say there's a fifteen thousand naira handling charge. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what what handling charge for these shirts, t-shirts? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. And you know, so I use that as you know. I told them, I said, see, listen. When you are pricing, when you make a product and you have to deliver, you should understand that packaging the product is time. That handling charge is the packaging of the product, mm -hmm. moving the product from... Point A to point B. Exactly. All of those things is part of your pricing. A lot of us just feel, oh, let me just make the item and deliver it. Yeah. So, so you don't just. So I mean, for what I've noticed, so what I've, I've I, I can take from it, you don't just teach them about how to make it. You teach them how to sell it. Yeah. So I have I have master classes with um, I've I've done a couple of master classes with the uh, um, NEPC, NEPC yeah. um, Southwest um, Lagos. Shout out to the NEPC. They've been really helpful in their mandate to um, grow um, non oil exports. You know, they've been really really helpful. We've trained quite a number of people. Um, um, with their help and um and so I have master classes where I go to talk about you know the talk about issues it's not just you know um training yeah I go to talk about issues it's not just about training and, yeah. you know and we have those discussions there we have discussions how to handle yourself how to talk to your client how to price That's your cool. product That's so cool. um yeah basically soft skills soft skills yeah, you know, yeah. very very important you know um also even when you are starting a business, why it's important that you have a CAC registration, registration, mm -hmm. why you need to work on um, paying taxes, yeah. all of those things, so that you know you're doing it well, you know, so that you don't go into the business and three years later, somebody's asking for your tax yeah. documents and you're like, what? You just find out that you're under a mountain of... Of, of uh, tax debt. Yeah, you know, and you don't want that to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you have to talk to them about all <clears> these things and try to teach them and... You know, and and those those um um masterclasses are usually very very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, um, what was what's the, what's the is it is it age age sensitive no, or just no? Okay, there there any yeah. Wow. Uh, no. Who would you say is the oldest person you have taught? Has been under your tutelage. Wow. Sixty. Uh, she was sixty something. Wow. And how's she doing? Fantastic. She she owns her outfit in um, Delta State. Wow. You know, it's quite big and, you know, she does a lot of stuff. And then she still calls me and says, oh, I'm having this challenge. Oh, that's so cool. I hope you are not annoyed. I say, no, ma, no, ma. Good evening, ma. Uh, how can I help you? She can call me four times in a day saying, oh, I need this challenge. I need to have this issue and I'm always there too. Yeah, that's... And I have students who have trained who, you know, recently one reached out to me on Instagram and said she had the challenge with the bag. She sent pictures. And I said, okay, this is what I think you should do. You know, I'm very, um, you know, going back to teaching people, it's what I'm more passionate about, about now. And even making products to sell, right? You know, because I think the older I'm becoming, the more I'm more concerned about how I can be and positive agent of, of change in my change. community. Mm -hmm. I reckon that, or I understand that, you know, it's in Nigeria now where where most of us are concerned with just our immediate families. Oh, once my daughter once is fine, is once fine, I'm everybody fine, else can go commute. Hmm. We we need to transcend that, you know that you know thought process that way of thinking and understand that you know um the question has to be what is your contribution to, contribution to society mm. you know and I, I try to tell people you know everybody has a lot of bad things to say about nigeria oh i'm leaving the country and, and i was i was of that mindset at some point but you know it didn't um um i feel a lot better now that you know i have the mindset of okay this is what i'm trying to do for the younger, the younger people, people you know so i go out of my way to um, talk to them, and you know, um, even when I see young guys in their in their in the age range of eighteen to ten, I ask them, "So, what are you doing with yourself? If you have a job, do you want a job?" 
are you serious? You know, you know, are you, you know, I, I interview them, and then if if they're willing, I I take them on to employ them because I'm looking to expand also. You know. Yeah, I mean, I see, I see they are quite passionate about um, um, community, quite passionate about imparting knowledge into the younger people. Yeah, the, uh, just, yeah. just basically um, um, uh, being, like I said, being a change agent. Do you do 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 do, do, do you see yourself going to some some sort of advocacy? Um, ad, ad, advocacy for young people. Do you see yourself going into that, oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. being okay. being like a social activist in that regard? Oh, well, I, or Hanka Rich will still be the vehicle you would use to you know, so, drive so, that change. So what I'll do is, I, I I like to be as practical as possible. You know, it's knowledge I have, it's a skill I have, and you know, it's almost like teaching somebody to catch fish as opposed to giving the person the fish. If, yeah. you know, the journey takes me to a point where I find myself advocating for young people, mm-hmm. then why not? Mm. I will do it. But for now, I'm working with what I have, yeah. you know, which is being able to pass knowledge to, you know, to people and whatever chance I get, I, I'm happy to speak to people and say, okay, come, um, how can we impart knowledge into the younger people and meet them Stand tall, stand tall. And, yeah. you know, it's very, very, very important yeah. because you yeah. realize that the the percentage of you know young um, people, especially young men. I know, you know, um, I'm happy that now we have a lot of um, people looking at young women and all of that. But a little part of me feels that young men too are also neglected. Neglected, yes. You know, and that's why I, I I'm focusing on talking to young men and I, and I also have you know um in the classes I teach there are also young women who you know you'd even be amazed that uh, um the leather goods industry is more saturated with women women I, 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 that, that was that was I was going to ask why is that so in um in the oh, if, yeah, if, even, I, even I, if you take if you take the leather fair mm. the leather fair for instance like just doing doing a walk through mm. of the stalls yeah maybe men are probably like if I I'm starting to be corrected 25% yeah, they're about. I think women buy bags more than men do, and if you if you look at all of the brands, you have a lot more handbag brands. Yes, you know, and and you know, in the leather goods industry, making of handbags is really big, but it's just one niche. There's so many other things yeah. you can do. There's furniture, there's apparel, clothing. There's so many other things you can do. Yeah. You know, and and I have people. I'm not, you know, the. Uh, um, I'm not um, majorly into making things for women, like women, women's bags yeah. and all of that. And I had a lot of people come to me and say, well, why don't you make things for women? I'm like, you have a lot of other people oh, making people, women's people, things yeah. now. Who, they are men, and there are other things you can <laughs> do, you know, because men too carry um, bags. bags and all that. Mm-hmm. A bit, not, not as much as women, women do, because, yeah. I mean, a man, by the time you have two bags, you're like, oh, what do I need? What do I need? Yeah, a woman can have but 20 a man bags want the say... same the same design of bag in four different colors, colors and she's happy to, yeah, to take yeah. all of them you know and so i think that's the reason why you know um that's um, the, that's the reason why um so from photography to leather what's what's next what's next for otejiri um so uh to be honest i i'm a bit worried about you know moving on to something else um that being said, I will move on to something else. <laughs> as your friend, I know. I, yeah, I, read, I, will, I, know, I, will, I know you I will move on to something else. But, you know, I, I want, I'm trying as much as possible to keep it in the sphere. Of the creative. I mean, it will yeah. be in the creative no, space. And, 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 and by that, I mean, you know, I'm trying to do something um, closely related to leather, to leather. goods. You okay. know, So I'm, I'm, I've taken a, I took a, a, a course. carpentry course in okay. 2019. And, you know, I haven't been able to do anything yes. with that yet but you know i, I reckon at some so you so you'll be going to wood yeah i mean furniture For furniture okay. furniture basically right. yeah right. but you know furniture where the leather is involved leather yes mm. okay because i already okay. have that as a have foundation, that as a foundation. Mm. okay mm. all right so that's something i'm interested in doing but you know unlike um how it was when i started you know the leather and when I started my journey in leather goods production, where it was just me doing that, I don't have the time to do all of that. So I'm looking to partner with an experienced, um, um, someone experienced in carpentry. In For me, the yeah. idea is to have the know-how, you know, with regards to design. Right. You know, um, and I think also it's one of the things we try to, I try to teach young people mm-hmm. because 
it's not just about making a bag. You have to have design at the back of your mind because right. design is what solves problems. Mm-hmm. And um, whatever sort of business we find ourselves in, we're, we're solving a problem. Even True. if you are selling a bag, you're mm. solving a problem for, yeah. so, for somebody. Yeah. Um, so I, t- I try to tell people, I said, it's not just about making a bag. It's about making a bag that works with the person. I try to tell people, it's not just about making a beautiful bag. I say, if you make a beautiful bag that is cumbersome to carry, you, the person who buys the bag from you loves the bag, but likes to look more, at the bag, more, but the person you, will not use the use, bag. Yeah. By the time you use the bag once and it's choking your body, <laughs> one kind, you just go and put it there and, and say, drop it. This bag is fine, no? check him out every day. Let me just be, yeah. And that's, I don't want that. I want people to use the items. I want people to derive satisfaction when, you know, they bring out their head, had their, had their money to, to buy purchase. items. You know, so that's one of the things I always tell the younger people. It's all about design and dimension. You know, you have to be, think like a designer from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you don't do that, that's why you see foreign products and you like it. It looks so beautiful. And, you know, there's even what they call agronomics, mm-hmm. how the product works with the human with body. With human body, yeah. You know, all of those things you have to take into consideration. It's not just, oh, checking shebagye, jekowa red, ati black. Sorry, I'm speaking Yoruba, <laughs> you know, but... You know, no, I, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. No, we, we don't worry. Yeah. Just, just flow, flow, yeah, so, flowing. So that's 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 you know that's um. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, so what what would you say? What, what would you say is your parting shot? Um, for that entrepreneur who is good at many things, mm. like he, they, they are good. They are good at many things, and they um, can't seem to. I, I think. I think. Um, it's important we focus. Right. Um, people always say you can do a lot of things. And that's why I answered the previous question you asked. I said, you know, I'm going to. But it's important you, when you go into one thing, you need good to give it time. No, 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 not even being good. If you do one thing consistently for five years, you, you'll, you'll be, be good, good at, at it. Yeah, true. You don't have to be a genius. Just do it consistently for five years. Because, you know, you're constantly learning ways in which you're not going to fail at doing it. Right. Because you're constantly going to be making mistakes and learning, and from, learning those from mistakes. And learning from those mistakes, yes. So just be consistent with one thing. Pick something and be consistent with it for but, a while. But, but that, that person will say, what about those other things that I'm good at? Like, like Ted did photography, was good yeah. at it, dropped it. He's, he's I, doing did, I, I did photography for how many years ten before? Yeah. Ish. Yeah, 10-ish. And you would also need to understand that living photography... I'm in leather. I'm majorly into leather now. What that has done is it has made my photography business to what? Suffer. Suffer, yeah. So you, there's no way around it, really. You can't be genius, except you are a billionaire who now has money to say, okay, set up this thing. I'll come in. We'll talk about it. But you have, you've employed people who are knowledgeable in that aspect to keep it running. But if you're going to be building something for, from the ground up for starters... Then you have to you have to give it a little bit of focus, not not even a little bit, a lot of focus, lot and, of cons- focus. and consistency. And consistency. Consistency is basically it. Yeah. You know, um, regardless of what anybody says. So, smart work, well, it's crap. I mean, there's nothing like smart work. Hard work is what I know. Yeah. Um, smart work is just somebody who is, I think, trying to cut cut corners. You know, when you work hard. Um, say if it takes you five hours to make an item, and you work hard at it, you begin to learn. Ways in which to make it to faster. make it faster. Yes. So hard work or smart work is birthed from hard work and consistency and consistency. Because if you don't work hard, then you won't be able to understand the ways in which to navigate. And that's why we have this um, meme that we all look at, where they say, "If it takes me three hours, fifteen minutes to do a job, it's because I spent ten years, 10 years learning how to do that job do in fifteen, 15 minutes. minutes." So you look at the person and you're like, "Oh, this person is trying to aspire me," but no, the person has a lot of experience, experience yeah. and that's why he can do it that fast. Mm. You know, that's that's um, how it works. I mean, in closing, what would you like to be known for? At the end of everything, what would what would what would what would Otejo Jumaboni like to like to be to be remembered for? Um, I would like to be remembered for somebody who, or remembered as somebody who, um, that's a good question. Let me take a moment to think about it. Or take a moment to um like properly coin my words, yeah. yeah. Um I, I don't know exactly how to say this, but like now I'm r- really passionate about uh community and helping yeah, young people. Yeah. Um 
and I'd I'd like to be remembered as somebody who you know um, create you know um, created value in the lives of other, other people, people. Really, you know, I think I think that's that's um, basically it. Because all we're doing as human beings is exchanging value, hmm. even when money is not involved. Yeah, we're constantly exchanging value. I know behind camera we're talking about uh, behind Mike, we're talking about how there's so much focus on money. Yeah, and it just seems seems like every other every other thing that is more important than money is is totally yeah, neglected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's I mean it's um you can't you can't um you you blame it on the world in general because you know advertising is constantly pushing. Oh, why do you need one shoe? You need ten shoes. Why do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's more of the case of advertising constantly telling you that it's quantity over quality, quantity. but that's not the truth. We know it's always going to be quality mm-hmm. over quantity. Yeah. You know, uh, and those are some things that we need to, as adults, because we know these things, we need to constantly push it to the younger generation. There's going to be a lot of resistance on their part to get that information mm-hmm. from us, oh, yeah, yeah. but doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. We have to constantly do it, you know, and put ourselves out there for the younger generation, and you know. It's it's the only legacy we have to leave behind. It's not the number of houses we had yeah. when we we're on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how you imparted other lives. other lives. That's what makes you successful. That's my own definition of success. Thank you so much, Atejiri, for finding time to speak to us on the pod. Um, how do we find how do we find you on socials? Um, uh, we're quite active on. <laughs> well, we're trying to be as active <laughs> as possible on Hankai <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> You know, um, at Hanka and Rich, um, that's spelled H-A-N-K-E-R-A-N-D-R-E-E-C-H. So um, follow, find, um, um, purchase stuff um, from Hanka and Rich. Hanka and Rich um, also has a website. You can buy on their website, hankaandrich.com. Hankaandrichgoods.com. Um like I said, thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate Pleasure to be here. Um, Pleasure um, to talk um, to you. You speaking to us. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to to this um, um ex- i told you it was going to be an exciting episode um till the next time we um you you, you hear from us uh follow us on instagram and twitter at coffee and beans pod c-o-double-f-double-e-b-e-a-n-s-p-o-d um like i always say i have a day job um follow us on ig at outspoken clothiers o-u-t S-P-O-K-N-C-L-O-T-H-I-E-R-S. Till the next episode, drink coffee, stay inspired.